Welcome and thank you for visiting us for today's message by Dr. R.L. Davis. For more information regarding our ministry, please stay tuned until after the following message. drawing of the Holy Spirit even at a young age. That's the reason children's church puppet ministry is so important in this church. Because they grow up so fast like a weed, you know, and then we've got to get the word of the gospel in those young people. But I had a hunger and then so going through the military coming out and everything and just a mess and you know, I finally got under conviction and Went to church and gave my heart to the Lord. And about a year after that, I was watching Billy Graham again. He gave the altar call. And the fire of God came and called me like a burning bush experience like Moses had. Now, don't misunderstand me. There's only one Moses. But I'm not a mama called individual. There are no preachers in my past. I'm the black sheep. The white sheep. I'm not racist. Hello, somebody. But God had a plan because he knew that I'd carry the gospel. He knew that where I'd go, he would go. You're here for a reason. Don't make a negative assessment by the size of the crowd. Little is much in the hands of God. God can take one person and put a thousand to flight, two, ten thousand. Like a Baptist deacon told me years ago, he says, well, it's like this. If you've got 100 people, you've got 100 problems. I said, you know what? This guy might know what he's talking about. It's okay to have problems. Just don't be one. Amen. The gospel is the only thing that can cut you free. Praise God. And so after I was called to preach, I was just getting ready to make the big money. Back in those days, it was big money. And uh, we had a fire and lost everything. I went down the valley for one year. Couldn't even draw unemployment, nothing, zilch. Stacy was small. We lived in a house with just uh, no ceiling, tar paper on the top. See, I've been there. I know what it's like to be, there's nothing left. No hope except God. But the gospel got into me, see? And so one year, I went to church. Treve and I went to church. Never felt the Spirit one time. I think I made $78 a week back in those days. Paid tithe. And we crawled out. Took a year. Don't give up. And after a few months of serving God and bare faith, nothing else. See, we've got to learn this test. We're not going to die. I could see the light at the end of the tunnel, and I crawled out. And then began to prepare for what God wants me to do. I'm still in preparation, and so are you. But I'm just saying I've been on both sides of the fence. Uh, I know what it's like, but I also know what it's like to be blessed. 
I look at my family, I look at the church, I look at, you know, I'm reasonably healthy, uh, you know, 64 and holding, hallelujah. The call to God carried the gospel overseas. Been there 10 times. You know, right now we've got 10 churches in the Copper Belt of Zambia that's coming on strong, and I'm going to have to go next year. So God is up to something, you know, and it's big. It's big. Hey, God's going to take care of us. God will meet all the needs of everyone that supports his ministry. It isn't mine. I'm only a servant. But God's entrusted me with the gospel. It's able to change people's destiny from hell to heaven, from cursings to blessings. And he has trusted you in like manner. Maybe not to the same degree of responsibility, but nevertheless the same. If you take care of God's business, he'll take care of yours. I know Satan fights. That's what he does. I know Mike used to lift weights. I think he's kind of fell down on the job a little bit. He's not listening back there. He's texting or something. But, you know. (laughs) You've got to have opposition to build muscle, right, Mike? The opposition builds muscle. So it is in the spiritual man. I've learned this about my own life, and I don't like opposition, and I wish I I could make a deal with the devil, you know, but he doesn't deal. He's not fair. But I've learned that God uses the evil one for opposition so that I'll grow spiritually. So it is with you. You'll overcome. Just know this, the greater one lives in you today. You cannot be defeated. Tell that devil, I'm throwing down the bar and I'm putting on 200 pound weights. Glory to God. Oh. The gospel of God. Say it with me. Now we know from Greek studies that the word God or the Father is different from the word Jesus the Christ. And so I begin to think about St. John chapter 1 now. You see, the highest honor is to carry the good news. And Satan stands to oppose, I know. He loses every time he loses. In St. John chapter 1 and and verse 1, I taught on this a few years ago. In the beginning was the Word. Now notice that that is capitalized. The Word is capitalized denoting Jesus, who we call Jesus, but actually the Greek word is, is logos, logos. In the beginning was the Logos, and the Logos was with, oh, God, Theos. So those that say there's no Trinity are blind. 
This is revealed by the Holy Spirit. Three. So, in the beginning, before there was anything, before there was a heaven for the Godhead to dwell in, before there were any angels, before there was time, before there was light, before there was anything relevant, God existed. He doesn't tell us where he comes from. He has no beginning nor ending. Daniel referred to God as the ancient of days. So the Bible just says, in the beginning, God. Same way in Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God. Elohim. Elohim, Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, Elohim. That's more than one, at least two. Then we go to verse 2 of Genesis chapter 1. The Spirit of God moves on the face of the waters. There's three. We look at Jesus' baptism when he was baptized in River Jordan by John the Baptist. And the Holy Spirit came down upon the Son of God in the form of a dove. Then this voice from heaven spake, This is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. There's three. So the Father God spoke from heaven. Holy Spirit came down and anointed the second person of the Trinity, who was the living word, the Logos. Amen. So the Logos became flesh. But in the beginning was the Logos, and the Logos was with Theos, and the Logos was Theos. Can I have an amen? Let me run over that again. It's difficult to explain the Trinity, but the Trinity is very important to the gospel message. Jesus didn't pray to himself. Jesus didn't sacrifice himself on the cross to himself. Jesus didn't send himself on the day of Pentecost. Jesus didn't call fire down from heaven to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah from himself. So you see, all this false teaching must be thrown out of the Christian church. Can I get an amen? Because it is not relevant to the gospel message. Jesus sacrificed himself, a living sacrifice. And by the way, the devil didn't kill Jesus. Nobody killed him. Oh, the devil had a hand in it. The soldiers had a hand in it. Pharisees, Sadducees, Sanhedrin had a hand in it. Judas had a hand in it. But Jesus said, no man takes my life from me. I have power to lay it down and I have power to take it up again. This commandment have I received from my Father. And so he was the one that decided to give up the ghost and die on the cross. Amen. But how did Jesus know when to die on the cross? The Holy Spirit told him. At the exact moment the sacrificial lamb was sacrificed in Judaism, Jesus died on the cross 3 p.m. exactly. See, the very heart of the gospel condemns all other religions. Because there is only one true religion, and that is the Christian religion. A couple years ago, I was talking to a veteran doctor, and I, he was a believer. And he says, what do you do? And he said, it looks like you're a pastor. I said, yeah. He says, well, do you believe in demons? I said, well, I sure do. Do you believe in demons? I said, yes. 
I said, I've been to Africa many times, and we've got them here in the States too, just a different manner. He said, well, let me tell you a story. My, my wife, she's got a demon. He said, one night, I had received Christ. I, I came to the end of myself. I received Christ. He said, I got all the books, Koran, uh, the Bible, uh, uh, Mormons, Jehovah's Witness. I got all these books, and I spent six months eating pork and beans and studying. That's what he said. Because he'd lost everything. A doctor, he lost it all because of sin. He said, I finally threw all the books away and got in the Bible and started reading, reading the gospel. The gospel, see. And he said, finally, I, I became born in the Spirit of God. And my wife said, I put up with you when you're an alcoholic, but now you're a Christian, I'm leaving you. And he said that night, she levitated off the bed. And I said, sir, you got yourself a devil. <laughs> devil has some power. Uh-huh, not all power. And so she left him because he became a believer through the gospel. Sometimes things happen out of your control. Let God be the judge. Go on with your life. Forget the past. You can't change it. The gospel gives us a fresh start. Not at, only at conversion, but every single day. Especially every Lord's Day Sunday, you got a fresh start on life. Is that a good deal? I wouldn't want to be able to stay awake for like a week or two and no sleep because when you get a little sleep, you get up the next morning and you got a fresh start. Could you imagine all the burdens day after day after day piling up without some rest? And that's what happens when people don't get into church and be refreshed with the Word of God. The gospel is it builds more and more and more until they're beat down more and more and more, and then they're out of the church because they can't maintain their walk with God because they're not obeying the gospel. All right. Now, it's God's gospel. So, Closing here this morning a little, little earlier than normal. That's okay. The Godhead is the one that came up with the gospel. Now, I don't have a right, you don't have a right to change the gospel just to please people. And yet Paul warned us in the book of Galatians, there's another gospel being preached and another Jesus. And he said, there is no other. But yet, we got all kinds of gospels today being preached. And if it's another gospel, then it must be another Jesus being preached. I submit to your pure minds this morning, there's only one gospel of God, <clears throat> only one Savior, Lord Jesus, only one Holy Spirit, and only one gospel created by the Godhead. When I say the Godhead, Paul brought that revelation, the Godhead, meaning the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. Three in one. The Godhead come up with the gospel. And I must admit, it is a perfect gospel that's able, by the way, from the realm of God. When we get hooked up with the Lord through the gospel, and by the way, Jesus is the gospel. So now, if we're going to preach the gospel, we must preach Jesus. 
who he is, what he did, etc., etc. Not for himself, but for us. And so we must preach Christ and him crucified. Oh, we're not preaching the gospel. And a few months ago I made the statement, and I still stick to it. If any preacher does not preach the gospel, he or she is not a gospel preacher. Can't be disproved. So we don't need motivational speakers. I get that from Amway. What we need is somebody that's got enough Holy Ghost to preach the gospel. Because the gospel is the only way of salvation. There is no other way. Secondly, the gospel message always drives us to the cross, to our knees. Well, you shouldn't be. No. You've got to preach a little bit of law to get people under conviction. And they usually hit the door before conviction overtakes them. But listen to me. You cannot be saved without conviction. Sinners cannot be saved without godly sorrow. We've got too many meetings. Well, say this prayer after me. No, it won't work. It won't work. Just saying something won't make you a believer. There must be a heart change. And if there's not a heart change, you didn't get the goods. Why didn't I get the goods? I did what they said to do. Because the gospel wasn't preached. That's why. I said the gospel wasn't preached. What most of them do is identify with your calamities and call that unity. No. There is no unity outside the cross. If we're going to agree on something, we're going to agree on the cross. Amen. And not how bad you've been in your past life. It means nothing. It's all washed away by the blood of the Lamb. Don't worry about it. What we need to be concerned about from this day forward what we're going to do about carrying the gospel. And like I said, people are either called to preach the gospel and carry the gospel or support the gospel. We're all in this thing together. Amen. So God came up with this plan. It's strange to me how that God takes a sinner going to hell, saves that person, fills them with the Spirit, calls them to preach, Puts them in a five-fold ministry. And then says, now I want you to go to people that hate me and represent me to them. It doesn't make sense, does it? Or does it? Do you know that angels do not preach the gospel? I said, angels do not preach the gospel. I think it was Cornelius that, that prayed and gave alms and everything. And, and an angel said, Cornelius... Go and get Peter. Send the people to get Peter. He will tell you words how to be saved. Why didn't the angel tell him? They're not allowed to. The only people on God's green earth that are allowed to share the good news of salvation are those that are redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, washed in the blood of the Lamb, and anointed the Holy Ghost. Amen. The only ones. Well, thank God there are some that carry the good news and have the divine ability through the grace of God to open up the door for people to get in before it's too late. But one day, the door is going to close. Like the days of Noah, very same. I thought about Noah. 
Got in that boat and God shut the door. You know, that ark is Jesus. And when God shuts the door, that's going to be it. <clears throat> then judgment's coming. So it pays to be in the ark. Amen. To be spared the judgment. Well, Noah had to go through the flood. All the flood just lifted up the boat. The boat didn't sink. So the, 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 the judgment that, that killed everybody lifted Noah up. Praise God. Toward heaven. And so, I'm not worried about being condemned to the lake of fire because Jesus took my place on the cross. By the grace of God, I'm saved and I will continue to be saved as long as I stay in the will of God. But we get out of the will of God and it can be very dangerous. Even critical, suicidal, detrimental to your eternal security. The will of God is to stay in the gospel. The confines of the gospel. How many is in the faith today? You know, the faith message has been so perverted and been made into an incantation or formula. Well, name it, claim it, blab it, grab it, you know. Uh, uh, speak, call things or not as though they were. No, God's the one who does that. You better read the Bible. But yet, this supposed faith message has become... Uh, shall I say, it, it has the ability, it seems, to make us a little God. And I want to tell you something, we're not God, we never will be God. We are recreated in the image of Christ, in the image of God, yes, but we will never be God. We cannot create anything. Now we can, under inspiration of the Holy Spirit of prophetic anointing, set things in motion by words spoken, but it's only in the will of God. You just can't say something to make God do anything. Hello, somebody. So you've got to hear what the Spirit is saying. And then under a certain prophetic anointing, you can speak certain things that will set things in motion, but God's already created it. See, He's left us without... I mean, everything that we need is already here. He's already set it in motion. So if we're in a stalemate, then somebody's got to speak in a prophetic mode that will unlock the door to your blessing. That is a prophet. That's what prophets do, is bless you. Now, let's go to Galatians chapter 1. We'll quit today with this. So I think everyone here today, you really desire to obey the gospel, do you not? Obey the gospel. The gospel of God. Amen. If we obey the gospel of God, we will support the gospel of God. Amen. Like they say, with your prayers, your generous financial support. <laughs> Aren't you sick of that stuff? I'm tired of the gimmicks. God's looking for faith. We've got too many that know how to tell the stories and move your emotions, and then you think that's the anointing. No. Now, we're emotional. The anointing does move our emotions, but it has nothing to do with faith. 
Being emotional is not faith. However, if we have faith, we're going to get emotional. Amen. Too many come to the altar trying to obey the gospel and squall and ball. I'm not against that. We're emotional beings. We're created that way. But just coming and crying at the altar doesn't save you. Begging and pleading, I'm sorry, doesn't save you. We're saved by faith and grace and that not of yourselves. Nothing we can do except believe and receive the gospel. Don't make it hard. It's easy. It's so easy. It's the best deal that there is. Because it costs you nothing. But it costs God his best. Don't you forget that. Amen. Galatians 1.18 now. Praise the Lord. But I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me is not after man. <laughs> In other words, Paul didn't come up with it. We had foreshadows in the Old Testament about the gospel, but the total revelation of the gospel came in the New Testament. The Apostle Paul was given certain revelations of the gospel, and even the Apostle Peter said, man, some of the writings of Paul is hard to understand. So they were just men like you and me. They put on shoes like you and me, two at a time. Galatians 1.11. I didn't tell you. The gospel which was preached to me is not after man. That's the point. Write that down in your little book there. If we stand the gospel, we have it made. Then verse 16, the last verse this morning. To reveal his son in me, that I might preach him among the heathen. Immediately I conferred not with flesh and blood. In other words, I didn't get man's approval to preach the gospel. The Pharisees hated him because they didn't produce Paul. So that's religion, denominationalism. It's out. They didn't appoint Paul an apostle. They didn't vote him in. Which shows us the futility of people, even apostles, trying to help God. When Judas killed himself, they, they had a vote and they chose Matthias. It wasn't God's will. Paul was the one to fulfill that slot. So even though they meant well, they even messed up. And we have the, the record in the New Testament where uh, even Peter was two-faced and Paul had to confront him to his face. Yeah. They were just men, but they were chosen of God. And we'll never be perfect, folks, so quit trying to be. Just be complete. Be complete. Well, be ye perfect, for I'm perfect. That means complete. Be complete, for God's complete. We're never going to be perfect until we're raptured out of here and glorified. Then that'll be the final act of salvation. Until that time, just stay in the gospel, believe the gospel, receive the gospel, and never stray from the gospel. Can I get an amen? The gospel is able to keep us saved and keep us ready to meet God in heaven. Praise God. So he said then,
that I might preach the Son. So now we find out, the Word of God tells us, the gospel of God is the preaching of His Son, Jesus. If you have Jesus, you have the Father. If you have the Father, you have the Son. If you have the Father and the Son, you have the Holy Spirit. And if you don't, you're lost as a goose. Can I make it any more plain than that? Well, how many believe in the Son? Believe in the Father. Believe in the Spirit. Believe Jesus died on the cross for our sins. Yes, He did. He was buried in a barred tomb. The creator of the universe became flesh. Died on the cross after six long suffering hours. Buried in the tomb. But early Sunday morning, He arose. See, Christ arose. Say it with me. Christ arose. Every day is resurrection day. Jesus is still alive. Amen. He can't die. He's God. But he's also in the physical body. Literal. Physical body. He's alive. Don't forget that, people. Christ is alive. No matter where we find ourselves in life's journey, Jesus is alive. He promised he'd never leave us, Mary, nor forsake us. <laughs> I'll be with you always, even to the end of the world. What a deal. They saw him go back to heaven. Ten days before Pentecost Sunday. Five hundred brethren at one time saw him. Jesus went back to heaven. Two men stood by and said, You, you men of Galilee, why are you standing here gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus you see him going to heaven is coming back in like manner as you've seen him go. Now go and wait in the city of Jerusalem until you're endued with power from on high. <laughs> it's all a part of the gospel. But there's a reason. God had you and me in mind even way back there. Because we have a mission and an assignment to do. God's going to take care of us. Let's just make sure we stay in the will of God and obey the gospel. Let's stand to our feet this morning. Hallelujah. How many has got your mind made up today now? That you're going to stay in the will of God and obey the gospel. How many has got your mind made up? Well, let's get excited about it. What do you say? Yes, I'm going to obey the gospel. It's a hard, my mother-in-law, it's a hard old way. Pray for me that I'll endure the bitter end. Yeah, she made it, but you know, what kind of testimony is that? It's a testimony service is what it is. Stand in the will of God, obey the gospel. God will take care of us. Enjoy today's message by Dr. R.L. Davis, pastor and overseer of Zionward Ministries International. For more information regarding our ministry and mission, please visit us online at zwmi.com. Once again, that's zwmi.com. 
or visit us on Facebook at Zion Word Ministries International. Stop.